0: I want to start today. We're going to be talking about some parables that Jesus shared, and then maybe watch a little bit of a, a movie of his life, maybe in action, in Mark chapter four and Mark chapter five. But I wanted to start off this morning with Proverbs twenty-five, verse two, because we're gonna we're gonna look into some parables that he spoke. And Jesus always spoke parables, these analogies, these stories, in order to to give understanding of the kingdom of God and what heaven was like, of his mission, and all these things, and. Proverbs twenty-five, two says, "It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search it out." Right? It's the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search it out. And it, and it's one of those. It was written by Solomon, thousands of years ago, and um, it's one of those interesting. It's almost like you, you know, it's like a quote you'd hear like in a mystical movie or something like that. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter glory of kings to search things out and, and um, it's not that God plays hide and seek in order to, to you know like a carrot on a string in front of a donkey type of thing but there's something to his communication and the things that he shares with us not only is it directional and it's what we need in this life we, man lives on every word that proceeds out of his mouth and builds our lives on every word that proceeds out of his mouth it's that he is growing and expanding our capacity to understand his language. Amen. You know, we use 10% of our brains, not even. And it's like he's many times the Lord, as, as Solomon's saying, it's a glory to conceal things. He speaks in these what it's called dark sayings, or as we'll see today, parables. Yes. But it's for the point of intimacy. Yeah. He's initiating communication and conversation with us so many times in this walk in order for us to come back to him with it and grow in what he's communicating. And in Mark four, we'll we'll probably read a lot of Mark four or we'll we'll jump through it. But in Mark four, verse uh, 33 and 34, it says, with many parables, Jesus spoke to them, but without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. And so you hear, this communication of God, the glory of God, to conceal, the glory of kings to search it out. These these things that Jesus would speak were initiations to conversations and 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 communic- the communication of heaven. These analogies to broaden our understanding. And with many such parables he spoke to them. But without a parable he didn't speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. So he gave these analogies and these stories, and this is the way he spoke almost completely all the time to the crowds. However, there's a, there's a differentiation to the people that he spoke to and then the people who were, who were committed followers of him. Those were the disciples. And it's like, so crowds of people would hear the things that he would say and not fully understand them because they were in parable form. But his disciples would actually get the understanding because, air quotes, when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. He initiated conversations. He he spoke the realities of the kingdom of heaven in such a way that started the conversation with the disciples. And they would go back and connect with Him in an intimate place. See, the, the voice and the words of God, sometimes they don't seem to make sense. But they start this connection and they grow this intimacy where we're connecting to Him in such a way that not only we gain, we gain understanding what He's speaking to us, but we grow in the intimacy of connection in that secret place, in, in that being alone. The disciples received so much more than the casual followers of the Lord. To the committed followers the disciples, things were revealed to them, and they were able to perceive these things. But it's not like they were the elite and the other people weren't. They were disciples because they were wholehearted followers of who he was. So even if something that he said or communicated, and this is very much for us in this day and age uh, still, there's this mentality like, hey, even if I don't understand what he just said, he just talked about some lamps, some oil and some lamps, I know He's not talking about lamps. Even if I don't understand, it doesn't make sense. It's coming from Him so that I I know that it's precious. And I know that it's valuable. And I know it's... I have a value there that I'm going to seek out what He's communicating. Because He's not saying it to keep it hitting. He's saying it to actually initiate the conversation and the communication of what He's wanting to lead us into. But to those who... We're not committed followers, it was, just, it was just this dude says weird things, parables. And he talks weird, but let's just see if he does anything else. Let's see what else, you know, it was more following to, to either be entertained or to have their needs met, and that is not a disciple. You know, So many people in this day and age, man, they seek the Lord with an agenda, right? And it's not the seek first the kingdom agenda. It's an agenda. It's like, fix my bank account. You know what I mean? Make my dreams come true. You know. Bring me a spouse. Hey, fix my spouse. That's my seeking of the Lord. Fix my, fix my relationship. You know. Fix my kids, whatever it is. And so everything that the Lord is constantly speaking, because if you step into this Christian walk, you realize He talks a lot. The Bible comes alive to you and he speaks to you constantly. But it's like the Lord can be speaking constantly to somebody who actually just seeks him to get their needs met. And if it doesn't come down the down the uh, conveyor belt of what they're actually wanting for themselves, they discard it as like, well, that was, that was weird. It didn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Because it's not coming through the agenda of why they're actually pursuing him. And so the voice of God surrounds them just like it surrounds all of us, to be honest. But I don't hear God. It's like, yeah, the voice of God surrounds all of us. That's why all the world is is dabbling and going into everything of of drugs and, and mysticism. And everybody's mind is starting to pull into that thing so hard because there's a supernatural hunger of connection that they must have. Everyone's reaching for it. And sometimes the Christian people are the last ones because they're seeking God. Jesus used to tell them like, "You didn't seek me because of who I am. You spoke me. You guys are following me around because of them bread loaves that I pulled out of nowhere." <laughs> you know what I mean? He didn't say it like kind of like me, kind of redneckish like that. But he he said something to those to those. It's like, you're seeking me because you ate of the loaves and were filled. There you go. There's King James for you. The, he's, you're seeking me because you ate of the loaves and, they were, and, and were filled. And it's just like, you guys are you're seeking him. They're seeking him for signs or for needs to be met. But the words of life are there constantly. Amen. And to those who are, who are wholeheartedly, they're seeking the kingdom. They're seeking to follow him, the disciples. Even the parables, those things that were confusing, he would break those things down into their understanding. And they grew to a point where they didn't need him to break them down because they learned the language of heaven. And maybe we'll get to there in the book of Acts today. I'm not sure if we will. I don't think we will, but it's quite possible. But yeah, some people, everything they receive from him outside of what they want to hear about and what they're trying to, you know, it's almost like they're not trying to be a follower of the Lord. They're trying for the Lord to follow them in what they want to speak into what I want and give me what I want. <laughs> you know what I mean? So everything else is like, well, that's irrelevant. Why are you talking about? Like, that's not, they discard it as just like, well, that's just, I ate pizza last night too much. And maybe you did, but, um, you know, it, there's something to being a wholehearted follower of the Lord, to seeking the kingdom first of all things instead of seeking our needs to be met. Because when we seek Him first, all things we need are actually added unto us. Amen. You know what I mean? So that stuff isn't priority his voice and his word is priority. The disciples knew this. People would leave Jesus, and Jesus is like, Are you guys gonna leave too? And Peter's like, Hey, you got the words of life. It's like, no, we, we're locked in now, man. We 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 this is it. You know, it's interesting to, to to the multitudes, many of the things he said were insignificant. They weren't worthy of their value. But to the disciples, the understanding of heaven was open to them. And they valued the seeds of the kingdom of heaven. See, so this is the this is the summer of faith. That's what we've titled it anyways. You know. And the seeds of the kingdom of heaven are, are those things that are they're so precious and so incredibly valuable. And it's the words of our Lord. It's the words of our shepherd that we receive, but also that we dish. The, ones, the things we sow into other people. The parable I wanted to talk about today was, was Mark 4. It's a very simple one. It's about the parable of the sower. And so maybe you can read Mark 4 on your own, but I will, I will quote Mark 4, verse 3 to maybe 8. And it's Jesus teaching them by many parables, saying, you know, the sower went out to sow. And when he sowed, some of the seed fell by the wayside. The birds of the air came and devoured it. Some of them fell on stony ground where there wasn't much earth. Immediately it sprang up because it had no depth. But when the sun came up, it was scorched some of the seed fell among thorns the thorns grew up and choked it out so it yielded no crop but other seeds fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and produced some thirtyfold sixtyfold and a hundredfold return he who has ears to hear let him hear he who values the thing that i'm saying let him understand that this isn't about an actual garden the disciples just like we read later on in, in Mark 4, they actually, it says, when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked about the prayer. So it wasn't just the 12. It was like people that like, that triggered something like, hey, I, I want to understand your communication. Right? They come to him and they, and they start to ask him like, hey, what's, what's the deal, man? The seed, this doesn't make sense. It's random, you know? I don't even have a garden, you know. But I value it's precious. It's coming from your mouth. What's the deal? So he starts to speak of them, speak to them, and he goes into you know into verse fourteen. We'll say the sower sows the word. These are the words of life that the sower God, or even that we release in our life. The ones that are by the wayside are the ones. They hear it, but Satan comes and immediately snatches it away. Shaka. No, I don't, know if that, I don't know if that's a bird snatching it away, but it's uh, that's kind of what I'm trying to do right there. Likewise the ones that were so on stony ground, they hear the word immediately, they get fired up about it. Oh my gosh, this is the real deal, but they don't, they don't have much soil, so they're fired up for a second. The, the hype train hits, but there's no real roots in it. So after the feelings go away, nothing happens. they have no root in themselves afterward when tribulation or persecution comes for the word's sake situations of the world to contradict what God has said they become offended is what it says in verse 17 they stumble now the ones that are sown among thorns they're the ones who hear the word but the thoughts and the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches the agenda of the things of this earth The desire for other things entering in choke the word as it grows and it becomes unfruitful wow think of jesus wrapping the crown of thorns around his head you know he literally paid for that verse the thorns were the thoughts and the cares of this world chasing money chasing security and the things which we see in this plastic matrix that we live in you know what i mean He paid for us not to have that around our minds, but to have his mind instead and see by the Spirit, value the things of heaven. So, man, so far we're not looking that great. If I'm a farmer, it's like, hey, like, I want to make an investment. If you come into uh, anybody working investing, you know, here in town, you know, it's like somebody comes in, yeah, like 75% of the stuff that I invest for, he's probably not going to do anything for you. I'd be like, "Uh, Okay. I'm going to go next door and try the next guy. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's that's 75% of the seeds. One seed does this. One seed does this. One seed does this. But then we get to this seed. These are the ones sown on the good ground. Those who hear the word accept it. They bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. These are the seeds of the kingdom of heaven. This is somebody who has Value. There's nothing hidden which will not be made known. He, he goes on in verse 24. Take heed what you hear with the same measure that you use. It will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. That's interesting. It's like he's talking about measure, but he's talking about value. Take heed those who hear. Value the things that you hear. Because when there's value there, that's the heart of the good soil that causes the return. Those who seek, seek first the kingdom, they seek the Lord in relationship. They grow in the maturity of this walk and their life flourishes and the seeds of the kingdom surround their household yeah. and grow and touch everybody they're around. Yeah. He's talking about value. He goes on, the, the, the kingdom is, is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and it grows day and night though he doesn't know about it. The earth yields its crops. First the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain of the head. When when the grain ripens and immediately puts in a sickle because the harvest has come, he's like, like, I've designed this world to bear fruit for you. Your job is to sow constantly. We can look at the things we're sowing in life, the 75 out of the 100 things, 75% and feel disappointment and regret. And like, gosh, I wish they would get it, you know? Or we can have the mentality that Jesus has when we go to the investor and he says, yeah, well, 75% is, not gonna, is all gonna get choked out and died. he would be like, what? I was like, but hold on, you didn't hear the next part. The 25% that you sow is guaranteed minimum 30%. Minimum 30%. Well, 30 times of what you sowed. Some 30, some 60, some will be even 100. Like within that 25%, it's going to... Like, okay, that, that's an investment I'll put my money into. You know what I mean? It's perspective thing in this stuff. Our job isn't to be the judge of the people and the things that we're sowing into in life. Our job is to receive the words of the Lord, live it, and continually give it everywhere we're at. Amen. Not get frustrated. I'm playing, praying for Joe and he's just not getting it. I'm speaking life into him. I was like, yeah. I was like, but are you just planting your seeds in the joey pot every day you know it's like the seeds of the kingdom the sowers of the kingdom are us and there's an unlimited supply and we're called to walk with him to grow in maturity of the things of the lord's voice that we're being fed of it but we're actually dishing and releasing life every single place and everywhere that we go many times the seeds we've sown even in the past of our lives when we've chosen to follow the lord we feel like, well, that was a dead end. You know, that didn't happen. But that's a carnal way of looking at things because Jesus, Jesus does things completely different. The God of eternity has a completely different scope. These, seed, these seeds don't go away. We continually spread them throughout this life. As soon as he gets done speaking these parables and talking to the disciples, it's like we read that, you know, in verse 33 and 34, that he only talked in parables to people, but he gave the whole gave the whole shebang to the disciples when they were alone they connected to them it says on the same day mark 4 25 when evening had come he said to them let's cross over to the other side of the sea of galilee on the very same day this is what i love about the lord and it's and it's so true even in our life is like his teachings come with demonstrations now they didn't realize the demonstration was what was going to be happening in their very life you know what i mean and many times we don't but like the things that he's giving us, the good shepherd is leading us into truth for a very specific reason because he wants that truth to grow and to be a part of us everywhere we go. There's something of the scribes, you know, this, the head knowledge of the Bible and of Christianity that's so much different than somebody who lives it, walks it, and it becomes a part of them. Because people hear Jesus talking about, man, he's not like a scribe. I felt that, man. I felt that. What he said, it had weight. Doesn't talk like the scribes, but that's all of us. That's real Christianity. Those who are living by every word that proceeds out of His mouth, and we understand. Hey, like we continue to sow, even it looks like dry seasons or restful season. Hey, we're in the summertime. You know what I'm saying? We're continuing to put out all that is of the kingdom, not with an agenda because I want this to break through so it can come back to me. No, 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 no. It's not about us. It's about we can continually releasing heaven everywhere we go. And the doors of opportunity and the connections and the life that it yields will follow it. It's guaranteed in this life. So they cross over to the other side of the road, uh, of Galilee there. The bad part about this little trip, like many of these, is that a great windstorm arose and and the waves started beating into the boat. It was filling up, but Jesus was um, completely and totally at rest. It says he was in the stern and he was asleep and he was sleeping on a pillow. Which I think is so funny how like they describe that. I, I believe that was a seat cushion, but you know, it's just funny, like he was just knocked out during a storm that these professional fishermen were so freaked out about because they thought they were about to die. And they came down to him in Mark 4 38 and said, probably one of the I'm sure they're embarrassed that this is written, whoever said it, but um, you know, teacher! do you do you not even care that we're about to die don't you care that we're perishing (laughs) which is so funny but i mean i'm a guy so maybe i think that way um just like yeah look at you hey you said it not me if i was one of them whoever said that it might have ended up being me and i'm like oh embarrassed about it whatever anyway it says jesus arose and rebuked the wind and the sea and he told it to be still peace be still can you imagine that jesus that, you know, sitting up with glassy eyes because somebody walked in his room yelling at him. Don't you, care like, What? And then sitting up and then walking up to you know and being like, kind of like glassy-eyed, hair sticking up in one way, and he's like, "Hey," rebuking it, rebuking the wind and the sea. That's like a stern, a stern putting it in its place, like your dog's acting up. Like, stop it! Hey, get the shoe out of out of your mouth. You know what I mean? No. But I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's just like it's like you're waking up, bedheaded. Hey, I don't think so. Peace. Hey, be still. Stop stirring that thing up. Which that scared the disciples. He says, "Why are you guys so fearful, man? Do you have no faith?" They f- and it says, verse forty-one, and they feared exceedingly because they said, "Who can this be? Even the wind and the sea obey him." So they were already scared but then they even got more scared of him for a second they're like Egh. he just woke up kind of just bowled up and just started talking trash to the to to, to the invisible world man <laughs> what's this guy's deal man you know i think it's great so they come to the other side of the sea to the to the to the the country of the gadarenes so man talk about a rough night and it's a it's a kind of a it was a kind of a long night because they came like that 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 lake or body of water is like kind of shaped like a kind of like an almond kind of so they came straight down from the top down to the bottom of it the way it's shaped like pretty close to that and so it was kind of a kind of a long night to the to those guys and if that wasn't bad enough they come to the other side and um it says when he'd come out of the boat immediately talk about man that's a rough night they're kind of creeped out by jesus but immediately there met them out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. That's a nice way of putting it in, in, in Mark 5. Who had his dwelling among the, among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains. He had often been bound with shackles and chains and, and he'd pulled them apart. So you couldn't chain the guy up. He He was so powerful, demonically, that he ripped shackles off. So now you're thankful for the scary guy you rode over with who's who's putting in place the wind and the and the storms, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, "Okay. Now you got a clash." He'd often been about it says always night and day was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. This is this is, you know, I've said this before, man. This would make a great movie like if somebody did it right. That's a frightening individual. You know, didn't wear clothes most of the time as well. So there's a it's graphic, but I mean, this guy was so possessed that he couldn't be put in their prison system because he would break out of it. He was gonzo, lived in the tombs and they'd hear him howling at the moon like a wolf in the middle of the night. You know this is, a, this is like if there's one way you don't go it's that way and Jesus is like speaking of seeds let's go sail straight down to the land of the <laughs> you know what I mean let's sit to the Gadarenes or the Gerasene whichever one your Bible whichever chapter you're in but it's like let's go down there real quick cutting to this 10 city region called the Decapolis. I love it, I think it's in Matthew eight, when they tell this story, they said he was so fierce that no one could travel that road. So there's something there. If you wanna to go to the Decapolis, you have to go the long, the long way because, because this man who was possessed, known as Legion, as we come to know him, were the spirits that were, which, which, which is the Roman Legion, was a troop of thousands of people. So, you know, potentially thousands of demonic beings that entered a person who would cut himself, make, make ritualistic, demonic sacrifices, this, this witchcraft covered, full, possessed, raging monster of a human, you know what I mean? Yeah, talk about watch it like a movie. This is a savage and this is a frightening, a frightening road, but he had cut off a very specific route and so what we see, see here, you know, into, into the Gentile region, but what you see here is, you know, if you know Deuteronomy 32 and, and what happened in Babel and the gods of the, of the, of the nation and all the, God, the regional gods outside of the, the God of Israel, you know what I'm saying, and the, over the Gentiles and what Paul calls principalities and powers. What you see here is Jesus traveling into a region that he wants to impact in a principality, something demonic, not just a random storm swirling itself up in power saying this way is closed y'all can't come in here until sleepyhead jesus wakes up kind of glassy eyes and says, Do you go oh really to go where i want to go calm yourself down wow they get on land this demoniac will call him legion for the sake of the story the troops of this demonic principality, thousands of demons inside of a person who's so powerful that no one can pass that way. That's Matthew 8, 28. Um, Has that route shut down for some strategic reason? Now he comes to put people in check. Only this time when he comes, he drops down face down in front of Jesus screaming, yielding to him. says he worshipped him which means he fell down and cried out with a loud voice what do I have to do Jesus son of the most high God I implore you don't torment me you know he's not the tormentor for he said to him come out of the man unclean spirit what's your name and he answered my name is legion for we are many he pronounces What's going on inside of this guy? Okay, so if I'm making this movie, that's one of those multiple voice. We are, you know, we're many. It's gonna, you know, what I mean. But that's just me. But that's that's what I believe is going on here. This is just, this is a frightening individual. And Jesus, face to face to the guy, doesn't bat an eye, dude. There's no fear in him. If I'm one of the disciples, I'm trying to look tough, but I'm probably like, oh my gosh, this is unnerving. You know. It says he begged him earnestly that he wouldn't send him out of the country the regional they're 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 so territorial trust me this a large herd of swine was feeding near the mountains and and the demons begged him say hey send us into the swine that we can enter them so jesus boom gave him permission the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine about two thousand of them and the herd ran violently down to the steep place and into the sea and drowned in the sea so those who fed the swine, you know, fled. And there's so much symbolism because that was the unclean animal and unclean flesh. And, you know, there's so much there that we can do. But we're, we're, we're talking seeds of the kingdom here today. Um, those who fed the swine went and told their bosses, Hey, sorry, you know, we lost, our, we lost your, all your money. They came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and who had had the legion. Sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Isn't that strange? When they saw him, it scared them that he had clothes on and he looked normal. Because there was some manifestation of power that displaced something else. They were already scared of the guy. That's the thing about religion, even in this day and age, people are so accustomed to powerlessness that when they see power manifested, it's like it freaks them out. Happened all the time to Jesus. They're like, he's casting out demons by Beelzebub, and it's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like these signs he does, it's, it's demonic, man. It's just because you're not used to seeing good things. Don't demonize it. You know what I mean? So these guys got scared in some of the same way. So everyone's scared. The disciples are scared of the storm. Then they're scared of Jesus. Then everybody's probably scared of Legion, except Jesus. Then these guys are scared of, of the the artist formerly known as Legion. You know, whatever his name is. That's call him Clarence. They're scared of Clarence because Clarence doesn't have the legion anymore. So when they saw it, they told him how it happened and, and they began to plead with Jesus to depart from their region. Imagine that. It's like, you you affected our money. You affected the system that we get our money from, man. Please get out of here. And it's like, whoa, okay. They began to plead to him, plus they were scared of him. And when he got and when he got into the boat in other words Jesus agreed to him please get out of here because this is man I'm telling you if I'm one of the disciples there if I'm number 13 I'm like they're like please leave Jesus is sitting there teaching parables and giving them stuff Clarence is sitting there used to have legions but Clarence is sitting there like oh they're like the people from the region come like hey he's got a crowd you guys got to leave please leave get out of here I'm like hey no we're not leaving as a matter of fact we got in a storm last night you know what I mean this demonic thing tried to block us there but we're with him and he says no we're coming so we're coming so then then we just took this guy out like hey this is power like we're not going anywhere as a matter of fact right Jesus says no Daniel we're actually we're leaving it's like what that's my that's my commentary but it's like why you're gonna obey these guys? You like we came this long trip, man, and the first person that shows up, you you get them, and now we're just gonna leave. We're on the way to the capitalists, right there, the ten city region. We're here to do something. Talk about would you feel like that ministry trip? You followed the Lord, the leading of the Lord, His voice. Stuff cracked off. It was a storm. He delivered it. He broke through. It's like oh, now you really know it's the Lord. This is gonna be awesome. Then Legion cracks off. Bang. Clarence is Clarence is sitting there free. And you're like, "Oh, things are going to get good." It's like, "Hey, it's time to turn around and go back." Like, "What do you mean turn, turn around and go back?" Dude? like we're just This has got to be the Lord, but people get into these situations where things don't play out the way they're thinking they're going to. The seeds of the kingdom that they've sown in life, they know they're obeying the Lord's voice. And then it feels like a rejection or reversal of things, but it that's not always the case, man. It's perspective. Amen. Our job is to sow the seeds and follow the Lord. You know? So Jesus, luckily I wasn't there to try to convince him to stay, not that it would have worked. He says, okay, guys, we'll leave. And to me, it, it 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 would seem so strange after all of that. When he got, it says, when he got into the both. But the man who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. Let me come with you. So here's Clarence dressed in his right mind. He got a suitcase. Like all right, all right. Where are we going next, Master? Where are we going? How many people did he come and say? Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Foxes have holes and birds have nests. To the rich guy, like son of man, have no place to. Lay his head, you know what I mean? Sell your stuff and follow me. Like, oh, it's just tough. But sometimes following the Lord is just simply obeying the Lord. The Lord tells tells Clarence, He's like, I want you to go home. And it's like, What? Go home. Mark 5, 19, to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how He has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and everybody marveled. See, that's beautiful to me right there. There's so many people, I've, you know, just drive to any Walmart in Lindale or anywhere else, and, and, and the ministry people are selling their crosses and, and, and raising money so that they can go and live the gospel somewhere else. You know what I mean? Sorry. But, you know, it's true, and it's just like, hey, live the gospel in the here and now. And it might be, follow me, it's time to leave. It's time to... It's time to roll out of this place, but for this guy, we're calling him Clarence, right? You follow me with that? So for Clarence, he's ready to jump on the boat, I'm following you. And Jesus looks to him and says, no, I have something for you to do. I want you to go home. And the way he would tell people, especially in the Jewish region, is like, don't tell anybody what I just did. Don't tell anybody what he did. This was so strategic. He's like, no, 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 go tell people about this. Go back to where you're from and tell people about this. Tell your family and your friends. And I, my feeling, because Clarence did it, Clarence was so full of, he didn't take it as rejection, this is the love of God because you've just freed me. You're the lover of my heart. Now we're in this thing together. I'm doing something for you. I'm setting something up. There was a twinkle in his eye in my mind. There was just like, hey, no, I want you to go home and do this. It's like boom you come alive man you get the instructions of god it doesn't mean it doesn't matter hey you're not you're not going to move to timbuktu or you're not going to you know for this guy it was like i want you to to do something where i'm sending you that's hey that's that's apostolic that's a catchphrase but apostolic it, it, it literally just means to be sent This guy was sent specifically somewhere with a message and somewhere with the message hadn't really reached to the 10 city region, to a larger area. This demonic thing is trying to block Jesus and his disciples from getting into this place. And now Jesus is agreeing to leave, but why? Because he knows, to you guys, it looks like 75% of this trip was, was trash. The seeds were here to sow and we don't even get to sow them. like no 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 that's what we came to do it's time to leave i got that one he's who i came for and clarence knew this man you came just for me you came all the way here for me he knew he was loved and he went with the message to the decapolis and it says he departed and began to proclaim in decapolis all jesus done and all marveled and jesus went back to where he went back across you know we have this you know, Mark 7, you come back into Mark 7 and you see Jesus in the Decapolis. So he agreed to leave for a moment, but he, he still went to where he was going to go. You have, you know, you, you can trace it, the, 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 the travels of the Lord in the Mark, like uh, uh, Matthew 15. And you see him actually show back up in that region, coming into the Decapolis a back way and then coming back through to the Sea of Galilee where he sailed off again. And so Jesus like comes in the right time and place. And when he comes that next time around, there he is releasing the kingdom of heaven. And guess what that soil's like from Clarence? A.K.A. The artist formerly known as Legion. Poor guy. Everyone still calls him Legion to this day, but he has a real name. It's probably not Clarence. But, uh, you know, could be, you know. Hey, you catch what's going on. Yeah, man. What looked like a complete and total failure and a waste of time, most likely, to the disciples was Jesus coming, pulling a brick out of the castle wall of that demonic stronghold that was erected to block what he wanted to do. And he didn't need to come Hyundai. Hyundai. He didn't need to come have a big knockdown drag out. He, he came and he impacted one person and that seed, you talk about 30, 60, and 100 fold, that seed yielded reward. And millions and millions of people have read this story to this very day. That story's all around the world because one brick in the wall that he, that he took out, he didn't call the catapult out, didn't set it on fire he took one brick out to knock the entire fortress down so that he could come and get into it and so we imagine this this the disciples having this mentality of all that for nothing and sometimes we can carry this mentality we can carry regret or like kind of look in the past and kind of have have a mentality of disappointment but when we understand the goodness of God we understand like hey like I'm not gonna let disappointment breed unbelief and doubt in my life I'm gonna continue to release the seeds of the kingdom of God I'm not well I tried and I missed I tried and it didn't work out well I really sp- stepped out in the Lord one time and, and 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 I believed it was his voice I'm sure it was but it just crashed in front of my face and it's just like hey man the Lord told me this very specific phrase one time several years ago he said let it swing back around It will swing back around yeah God is the God of redemption things and seeds we've sown long ago in this Christian walk in our faithfulness of walking by faith summer of faith have the ability to to take root and flourish outside of the times and seasons and expectations that we place on them our job isn't to have the expectations it is actually to sow the seeds of life and love because we are so whole and full of what he has and his voice and his word leads us. We can get so trapped into focusing on hearing the Lord through one thing that we're trying to get our needs met or that we're seeking the kingdom first, but that's not seeking the kingdom. That's seeking God to come follow us. But there's something else to following him in all things, even when it makes no sense. But those disciples, things that were happening to them, they were gaining the understanding like, hey, if it's him, it's good and it works. It wasn't a storm. We should, I knew we shouldn't have came here this weekend, you know? This is the worst time to sail. It's like, no, 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 no. But if it's, his, if it's him, he's doing something and he's teaching you something in the storm. You know what I mean? Wow, that was a waste of the trip. Hey, if it's him, he's plucking a wall. He can use us to do things that we never thought possible. Some of the things we'll see in this life, and some of them we'll see in the age to come. The very simplicity of the seeds that we, that we sowed. But it's always rooted in constantly walking and following his voice, constantly giving what we receive out into the world. And it unlocks things. you know, And they come back around disappointments, fear. Sometimes it's only a matter of the perspective of why things go the way they go and choosing to trust that God is good and he works all things for the good. And he comes back and he restores the relationships, he restores the ministry, he restores the function, he restores the finances, whatever that you know whatever we put in, you know, he makes things right. 30, 60 and 100 fold, 30, sixty and hundred times, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes eleven four says that he who watches the wind will not sow. There's so many, he who watches the wind, like with those seeds, it's like so many times we're like waiting for the perfect condition to release what the Lord gives us, you know. And it's like, hey, that poverty mentality of not releasing what we're not talking about money. I mean, it can go there, but we're not talking about this. Definitely not solely. He who holds and I'm going to wait to release what God's given me until the right perfect time. It's like he who watches the wind for the perfect situation will not sow. The sons and daughters of the kingdom don't have a poverty mentality like, but these are the only seeds I got. It's like, yeah, that's the thing. When you sow things, they are multiplied unto you. The rivers of living water flow through you. So the more you release them, the more the next next part of the flow comes into your life and growth and understanding happen we don't we don't hide our lamp under our chair we don't sit on our seeds in our pocket they're meant to be given the words of life the words of love but no I'm really praying for this breakthrough in this season like hey like maybe the breakthrough that you're looking for in the open door doesn't come by actually seeking for seeking the kingdom for the open door but seeking the kingdom which is the seeds that seem so small and insignificant they're like a mustard seed they're smaller than the rest another parable but we release them everywhere we go, and they become massive to our animals and birds and stuff. Like they become something that, that affect a lot of the creation, a lot of people. You know, It's not about growing our ministry. It's not about growing our influence. It's like, it's about just releasing what we do have. And, and he watches the wind won't sow, it's like, hey, it doesn't matter the scenario. It doesn't matter the person. Well, they're, they're in total... It's like, it, it doesn't matter. Don't, don't wait for the perfect thing. Just release what you have and then move on because you're not sitting there waiting like, did you take it? Or did you get it yet? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, hey man, I live my life following Him. Amen. I think that'll be it for today. There's a lot there. The assignment for the week. Sow. <laughs> Relentlessly sow the seeds of life every chance we get. Let it be in our mind to speak the encouragement of God in the seeds of life every time we can. Now the ushers are going to pass the offering plates. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We don't have offering plates. No, it was a joke. That's, you know, this is a sowing message, brother, don't you gotta, like, yeah, no, but that's kind of not the way we do it. But um, anyhow, but it is to sow relentlessly the seeds of life and don't hold them back. It could be the simplest, smallest thing of the mustard seed of of doing something kind for somebody that would not expect it from you. See what door opens there. Lord, we thank you for your reality, the seeds of the kingdom. That you've given us investment, things to invest in this life that are foolproof. They They are promised to yield reward. We want to be a blessing to the entire world, to our city, but we want to touch the ends of the earth with the seeds of life that you give us. So, Lord, I ask that you would highlight in us, in our minds, the opportunities that you set before us at all times. I even ask you to bring to remembrance if there's disappointment in things that we're carrying because of the way things in our life have gone. Let us learn to release the forgiveness and release those types of things from the past but also gain your perspective and move forward with expectation and hope that you are good, you've given us the seeds of the kingdom, and that we are called to sow and release them, and you're the God of restoration. We appreciate you, and we thank you. Amen.